Hey everyone, this is Josh with Spurgeon Maniacs to share how you guys can partner with us. First off, thank you to everyone who has been listening to our show and to those of you that came to our conference. We are gearing up to expand what we do for you guys, but we need your help. Go on over to patreon.com forward slash Spurgeon Maniacs. We would love to have your support to continue doing this podcast, conferences, and so much more as we grow. Also, give this podcast a five-star review on Apple or Google Podcasts. That's how more and more people are going to find what we're doing over here. Lastly, come find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and don't forget to email us at podcast at SpurgeonManiacs.com. Now, here is your episode. Charles Spurgeon was a man that God used, and millions are still being impacted by his kingdom work. As we examine his life and ministry, we hope to strengthen today's church and bring glory to Christ. My name is Joel Littlefield, lead pastor of New City Church in Bath, Maine, and I'm joined by my brother in Christ, Josh Whitney. Welcome to the Spurgeon Maniacs podcast. probably didn't have enough references job history the what human torch the human torch was, was denied it, was, a that bank a was that news or something you just get a news update mm-hmm. oh it's from the anchorman oh okay have you ever seen never oh um will F- no yep will ferrell yep not will smith not will smith that would have been a very different movie <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we good? We live? Are we live, dude? We're li- we're live. Live. Right they're listening now. right now. They're listening well, they, right now. I mean, I mean, they are right now. <laughs> By the time they listen, they are listening. I know how this works. Mm-hmm. It's alive in their ears. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. It's uh. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to. Is there an echo in here? <laughs> good afternoon, afternoon. I'm more than an echo. Welcome. Welcome. I can have an original thought. Just I know say you something first. How was your day? Mm. How was your day? <laughs> How was your day? <laughs> so natural. Oh, it's good. It was all right. It yeah? was tough. Actually, it was really tough. Not a fun day at work. Oh, so you did work today, though. I did work today. Yep. Did yeah? Did you well, didn't work know, today? Because you're a pastor. So you, you did your work yesterday. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry. My work week is done, man. Now I can just no, you had a You had a pretty busy day, didn't you? Yesterday was a busy day. But it was busier yesterday, the last Saturday, the last Sunday, leading worship, too. Oh, yeah. That was the busy day. Today was actually a very busy day. It was good, though. Mm. Yeah, I had a good day. Church planner training and talked to some other dudes. 
Yep. <laughs> you know, just talking to dudes. Just talking to dudes. No, but my daughter came with me up to the cafe in Westbrook. You been to Roots Cafe fun. yet? No, I have oh, not. Oh, yeah. Well, I've been wanting to bring really her because they to. give out free Bibles and stuff, like nice Bibles. Nice. Yeah. So she got one. and Yeah, so good. Good stuff. But yesterday, wow, well, yesterday was a good day. Is that why you were saying that? Just because of the celebration? Like busy because of just everything going on at church? No, my my day. Yesterday you said, ye- oh, wait a second. No, I, I was talking about today. I thought you said yesterday was a busy day. No, I said, you had a busy day today. Oh. <laughs> and then you started talking about yesterday. I was just going to let it slide. <laughs> I thought you were talking about yesterday. <laughs> Wait a second. But, you know, yesterday was a good day. Yeah. We celebrated our sixth anniversary as a church. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Just looking back on God's faithfulness and all that he did. He, oh, man, I was, uh, what, what an emotional day. Lots of crying. Mm. Yep. We don't just cry at our church. Like it's not like a ton of crying, but like yeah, I say we're we're fairly you know emotionally like level level yeah. yeah. But yes, yeah, there was a lot. We we had prayed over like John and Danielle and stuff. But yesterday the entire team came up and like it was the official yeah like be gone. I mean be multiplied. <laughs> and because we are specifically, we talked about encouraging our church family yeah. to really listen to this episode. Yeah. We did? We, yeah, we, we're going to. Oh, we're going to, So yeah. right now they are listening. I hope. I pray. And so, you know, we're really, we're talking to our people. We're talking to our people. Hi, people. Yeah. Yeah, Don't so. you just love the people? What a good day. Um, but it's good to be here yeah. on a Monday. Uh, we're recording late. We, uh, we Yeah. And we've We're been, setting a trend. Dude, it's been so <laughs> busy, but good. So we're a little bit late. When are we dropping this? Probably immediately. Tomorrow. Like I, so yeah, I plan on going home. So it's Tuesday. So it's Tuesday. Welcome to Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to tu- this is a great Tuesday. <laughs> I really hope. Watch like something. T- nope. Never mind. Wait. I'm so you glad just, you just to be yourself. on the mic and talking with you. Yes. And we're going to be going into this wonderful topic of. Prayer. We're taking a break. We're taking a break. From we were on a break. Yeah. We're taking a break from sermon. Lost sermons of Spurgeon. I don't know what that quote was, but anyway, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're going to pull away for a little bit. And the reason we are, I, I felt like as we as I was preparing this and thinking through this topic of prayer, we are two weeks away from uh, beginning a prayer meeting. And like with a lot of things in my life and ministry, Spurgeon has been an inspiration. I've been reading this book called It's Only a Prayer Meeting or Only a Prayer Meeting. It's a collection of works that Spurgeon compiled from um, his addresses on their Monday evening prayer meetings at the Metropolitan Tabernacle. And this has been inspirational to me. I want to inspire uh, not just um, listeners that we don't know personally, but also our church family, New City Church. So this was, it's kind of dedicated to you guys, Hmm. dedicated to our church family. And we want it to be an encouragement because we really, um, although Josh is not an elder in the church, he's an elder in training. We though, as elders and Josh in agreement for sure with the elders, I have no doubt would really, really want this to be a season of growth mm-hmm. and commitment to prayer. So this is dedicated to you guys. The topic is prayer. And uh, at least we'll do one episode. Maybe we'll do another one too and lead up to our prayer meeting. So let's uh, dive in. Let's you dive in. All right. The dive. content been, begins officially now. Go. Okay. All right. So in a <laughs> only serious. And that was not a good transition. It's fine. All right. So the book is only a prayer meeting. Uh, first of all, I would say go get it. It's got a forward by Mark Dever. It impacted a lot of Dever's uh, prayer meeting stuff as well. And so we're going to look at this. Um, the first address given in this book opens this way, and this is extremely inspirational. Listen to each of these words. So picture a Monday evening. 
It's a night. Spurgeon opens up like this. He says, what a company we have here tonight. It fills my heart with gladness and my eyes with tears of joy to see so many hundreds of persons gathered together at what is sometimes wickedly described as, quote, only a prayer meeting, unquote. We have attended little prayer meetings of four or five, and we have been glad to be there, for we had the promise of our Lord's presence, but our minds are grieved to see so little attention given to united prayer by many of our churches. We have longed to see great numbers of God's people coming up to pray, and we now enjoy this sight. Let us praise God that it is so. How could we expect a blessing if we were too idle to ask for it? So picturing Spurgeon there on that opening night, I don't know if this was necessarily the beginning of their prayer meetings, but anyway, at least one of them, and God had answered a prayer of Spurgeon's, and that room was full of hundreds of people. It's said that there were uh, oftentimes average of a thousand people on a Monday night (laughs) prayer at the Metropolitan Tabernacle. Now, Mm. granted, they generally had about 5,000. Mm-hmm. So if one-fifth... 20%. Uh, or, yeah, right, of a, norm, a regular con- congregation. But man, a thousand people at a prayer meeting. It's incredible. Um, he goes on in the book to say this. A Wesleyan minister lately said that he has never was never more surprised in his life than when he dropped into the tabernacle and found the ground floor and part of the gallery filled at a prayer meeting. He believed that such a thing was almost without a parallel in London and that it accounted for the success of the ministry. We concur in his impartial judgment. Will not all the churches try the power of prayer? Hmm. So I want to really also set lay that up, and we'll talk about this more after your segment on Scripture, but really I think this is the time. This is an hour where churches, no, we're not testing the Lord in this way. It's not We're not tempting him, but we are ourselves seeing that the power of seeking the Lord in prayer, mm. I don't necessarily always agree with the phrase, the power of prayer, but I agree yeah. with the power of yeah. God, and I think that's what Spurgeon would have meant. I, I think we need this kind of revival. Yeah, you're Agreed. Agreed? Agreed. I agree, man. I agree with me, too. <laughs> I think we need to see a revival of prayer meetings in the local church. Mm. That's why we're um, moving in this direction. We're six years old as a church. We've tried different types of prayer meetings. We do them in our small groups. Maybe you're listening to this, and you, your church has been doing prayer meetings for years, and they're maybe little attended, or maybe they are really well attended. We'd love to hear from you. How is your prayer meeting going? If you're part of a church that does prayer meetings, I'd love to just, Josh and I would love to hear. So email us. You've got that information. You know how to do that. Um, How is your prayer meeting going? And uh, we can get a kind of a pulse on that. But um, I'm not talking about the revive, the the, the hyped up revival meeting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're we're bringing the Holy Spirit down. Yeah. It's time to bring the Holy Spirit. So let's set the atmosphere and welcome him. Gold dust. Welcome him. You're welcome here, Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. So not the hyped up revival meeting. That's not what I'm talking about. I, I actually, I, th- I see a place for Pentecostalism in, as the denomination, but I mean, God sovereignly works that into his plan mm. and they're Pentecostal brothers and sisters for sure that are genuine, but mm-hmm. that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about orderly, spirit-filled, pastoral, congregational, biblical, and theologically rich prayers that are productive, mm. that, are, that are accomplishing something, but there's um, a reverence and an order to it. Yeah. So, do scriptures say anything about prayer, Josh? I mean, are we going to so look to the Bible and find anything? You know, surprisingly, we're act- we actually see prayer a lot. 
uh, throughout the Bible. He, no. No, I'm, I am dead oh serious. Gosh. Dude, our listeners are so surprised dead right now. Dead serious. I'm sure they are oh like, what? <laughs> Yeah, so talk, talk to us about it, man. So there is, in, there, there's plenty of places we can go. Um, the scripture is not is not vague on this topic, but I kind of only wanted to focus in on a couple, so that way our attention is is clear, um, and you don't have to remember several different references. But James four, um, James four, the first section of it has a a great proclamation mm. of of and it's not so much your standard like do this in prayer because god blesses prayer it's it's a little more vague in that but at the heart of it mm-hmm. at the heart of what we're about to hear um out of god's word is a sense of petitioning to the lord so starting in verse one of chapter four what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you is it not this that your passions are at war within you. Mm. You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. And you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So clearly we're seeing so much like you, you, you fight and you quarrel and you're seeking all of these things because your passions, your desires in you is constantly after the things of the world. Mm. And God calls us as he's done throughout the entire scriptures, all the way through the Old Testament. He calls that kind of thinking that those kinds of people an adulterous people because they've they've left who God is mm. to serve what they want. And that's why you ask, you're praying to God, like, God, I want these things. I want these things. And as verse three says, you don't receive those because you're asking to spend it on your passions. Mm. So let's continue in verse five. Or do you suppose it is to, n- to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us but he gives more grace therefore it says god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble and then here listen church listen christian submit yourselves therefore to god resist the devil and he will flee from you draw near to god and he will draw near to you cleanse your hands you sinners and purify your hearts you double-minded so this, I, I want to stop here. I think this is where a lot of people get um, God helps those who help themselves. Sure. And that's not what's being said here. Right, not at all. It's not saying God will not draw near to you unless you draw near to him. But that is a means in which he has set for us to feel and to have the presence of God in us, to yeah. to be near to the Father, for the Father to be near to you. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a principle and it's not a formula. Once you do this thing, then God will also do the other thing. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's meant to petition the heart of the Christian more than anything else. Similar in, in a family, chi- a child has yeah. the love of their father. They're not yes. earning their father's love by going to them, but man, they get a great blessing by drawing near to their mom or their dad who yeah. already loves them. Exactly. Yeah, man. And then this is, this is the heart that God wants of us. Be wretched and mourn 
and weep. Mm-hmm. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. And so it, so it is, it is in our humbling, it is in our humility, in our giving up of those, uh, those passions that we heard earlier in the beginning of the chapter, when we give all of that up and we mourn and we, and we lament over not who we are in the sense of, of our character, but what our sin is and what our sin has done, mourn over that, Mm -hmm. be wretched over that. Do not be laughing in your sin Mm -hmm. and be like, well, what is this when I can just ask God for forgiveness? No, it recognize the horribleness as uh, many Puritans have said, or John Owen specifically has said to mortify that sin, to make it, to make it death. Um, so that, God would be the one to exalt you and lift you up. Mm. Um, in First Thessalonians, here's a, a, a command, encouragement from Paul. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another mm. and for all as we do for you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. There's key words in there. One, one phrase being, may the Lord. So we're obviously seeking the Lord to be this one that does all of this work. He's the one that increases and abounds in love. That He's the one that grows that. And then verse 13, that he may establish your hearts blameless. Yeah. So all of these things we're looking for the father to do mm. through the son mm-hmm. because of the spirit in us. And it is, uh, it is all of that as we look to Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. So how does this, so take this down to the prayer meeting. Mm-hmm. Anybody who is attending a prayer meeting, considering being part of a prayer service. I'm not talking about just, praying, but actually an intentional service where the church comes together to corporately pray. How does this yeah. all fit together scripturally? Like what you just read in James and Thessalonians. Yeah. It is a, it is most importantly an attitude to humble yourself Amen. for the sake of, for the sake of Christ mm-hmm. and for the sake of your brothers and sisters around you. Yeah. So I was thinking when you were talking about why is the prayer meeting you know, kind of looked, looked uh, second upon. And I think it's the, it's a prayer meeting is the most visible sign of people not understanding why we need the church. Right. Cause if you're okay with going to Sunday services, but you won't, don't want to do the extra things during the week. And please, if you're listening to me and you belong to our church, this is not meant to, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to attack you if you have, a legit, you know, like crazy work schedule. You're, you're not able to be that. What have you, mm-hmm. you know, that's why we have elders. That's why we, we can communicate. We can talk to one another. But the point is these are not secondary things. Once you've filled your commitment to the church mm-hmm. on a Sunday, this, this is the work of the church. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. I agree. What do you, what do I you agree. Th- I like where you, you took it to humility first. I like that because it's a collective if the entire church is together in a prayer meeting, humbled before the Lord, we, I believe, then can expect God to do 
incredible things Mm -hmm. like the humble are exalted. So the humble church, what happens to the humble church, the humble local assembly that together is humbled before, before the Lord seeking him for those things that we're asking. Spurgeon said in that last phrase, how can we expect, what what do we expect God to do if we're, if we're too idle, Mm -hmm. you know, we, if we have these great things, we are asking of God, healthy marriages, uh, strong family, uh, uh, relationships between parent and children. Uh, for our church family right now, we're seeking the Lord for a, a building because we're about to be out of a building. That's a pretty daunting scenario. We're asking God to mm-hmm. reach the lost in our city. So together, we're, we're to humble ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I just, it's a picture. I like that you went there to this collective humility. And yeah, yeah it's not, it shouldn't be a secondary thing. Yeah. Um, Spurgeon helps is going to help us discuss some some specifics and i really want to bring these to the surface now in our discussion so some of the th- these things that he addressed in their prayer meeting and i want to see if we agree with them maybe we don't uh maybe you don't agree if you're listening um but uh we're looking to have this make us effective in our prayer meetings as well so mm-hmm. one thing that's specific let's now picture ourselves there on a well for us it'll be a wednesday evening yep um his was a monday monday evening um one thing that he get that's in this very practical, avoid lengthy prayers. All right. So this mm. is one of the things that I think um, in my mind, oftentimes where it makes me not want to go to a prayer meeting because I picture long winded prayers that never end. Right? You're talking about me. I'm talking about you, man. <laughs> uh, I don't know who I'm talking about, but you, yeah. you know, it when you see it, yeah, <laughs> yep. Yep. You, you, you know it when you hear it. So among the faults, this is what Spurgeon said among the faults, he calls it a fault. Right. Very, very bold statement among the faults which have largely disappeared from the prayer meeting as they used to be conducted in my early days. These were the principal ones. First, Mm -hmm. the excessive length of the prayers. A brother would fix himself against the table pew and pray for 20 minutes or half an hour and then conclude by asking forgiveness for his shortcomings, a petition which was hardly sanctioned by those who had undergone the penance of endeavoring to join in his (laughs) long-winded discourse. A good cure for this evil, Spurgeon calls it, Mm. is for the minister judiciously to admonish the brother to study brevity. And if this avail not, to jog his elbow when the people are getting weary. This fault, which is the ruin of all fervency, ought to be extirpated by all means, mm. even at the expense of the personal feelings of the offender. Some serious mm. stuff there. You know, Spurgeon's not, <laughs> he's not known for this kind of thing. Sure. Sure. Anyway. Sure. <laughs> but I, I love it. I appreciate it. Because one, it shows the shepherding heart, first of all, of Spurgeon, mm. to see that the thousand that gather are, one, it's productive. You can imagine a prayer meeting. Now, this is why we're saying this is a collective church prayer meeting. This isn't just the two or three that are gathering. Mm. This is a whole body. So how do we do this? Well, yeah. y- you need to avoid long-winded prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about long-winded prayers? Do you Are you jiving with me on this? Like, do you, have For you heard sure. this? So I, I've definitely fallen into the long-winded prayer thing before and i i think everyone comes maybe you don't but i feel like everyone comes especially if you've grown up in the church from not wanting to pray yeah and you know being in the youth group and if, uh, no next or pass um <laughs> yeah don't you love that hey uh, if it comes to you and you don't want to pray just pass and it's like pass 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 <laughs> like, is anybody gonna pray <laughs> just like shut be like all right no you you're gonna pray Dude, but i want to pass Mm-mm. four <laughs> <Not> you <laughs> We've had four. 
break the cycle. So I think, I know for me, I tried to counteract that timidity with being long-winded. You know, yeah, long-winded. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I do. Um, so I, I think as well, you don't need to limit yourself to popcorn prayer. Right. Yeah. But, you know, what, pray- popcorn prayer as in the, like, the room is silent. You tell the whole room. Yeah. Lord, help us with our pride. And then it's the next oh, person. Oh, I see what you're saying. So a very, like, too quick. Yeah. Too short of a prayer. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's people just saying, like, this is my heart. It's, it's pride. Lord, give us grace. But, dude, honestly, if you think of that, I don't know. That could also be good. Could be. It really could. It could be. If that was the cry, if, the, if it was the genuine cry, because we're going to get to that in a minute. He talks about some specifics in, along those lines. But I don't know. What's the greater evil? So the only thing I, so the only thing I meant by that is they're the two extremes. Yes. Okay. You don't have to go to the other extreme. So things that you need to, you know, things that you need to do is not think like, oh man, well, I don't want to be, I don't want to be long winded. So I just want, let me, let me just think about what it is that I want to say and I'll just say it and then be done. It's like, no, like share, share your heart. Yeah. Like you can share your heart. Um, but understand also that other people, you don't have to pray for everything. Yeah. That's on the docket for the night. That's right. Um, that's true. You know, leave room. That's part of like the fellowshipping. That's part of the sharing. That's part of leaning on one another is being able to hear the voices of all the saints praying together. So mm-hmm. that's that's the only reason I meant by that is not um, not that you can't do popcorn prayer, but those are your two extremes. Yeah, the Avoid person the- that needs to be nudged for going into a twenty second minute. Also, the maybe not nudge, but the encourager, like you know if. if you don't have to feel like you have to keep your prayer to 10 yeah. seconds if, yeah. you, if sure. you don't want to. And th- that brings in just this idea of discipleship. You know, people are going to be discipled in this and mm. continually learn. And, and maybe they start with that because they genuinely are timid and they're trying to fight through it. So oh, sure. they yeah. say just a short one. But yeah, no, I think that's good. So we've been preaching through Matthew and we're in Matthew 6. And so New City people, if you're listening, will recall this. Jesus talks about not praying uh, rep- rep- vain repetitions um, Repeating words like a, uh, a like you're, you 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 stutter, mm. and um, and the analogy was given of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Mm. We have a God who listens, and so we can be precise. Uh, we don't have to be long-winded in mm. order for God to hear us. Um, so I think we can av- just avoid that sort of thinking that it must be long in order for it to be spiritual. Mm. Um, so the next thing he says is not being distracted in prayer. I think one thing that kind of kills prayer meetings is people come for a prayer meeting and you do very few, you do a lot of things other than pray. And so sure. Spurgeon says, this is the quote for, from him, suffer neither him nor chapter nor address to supplant prayer. We remember hearing seven verses of a hymn ending with, he hates to put away until we lost all relish for the service and have hardly been reconciled to the hymn ever since. Remember that we meet for prayer and let it be prayer and oh, that it may be that genuine, familiar conversing with God, which shall drive out the formality and pomposity. That's a good word. So much mar, so much mar our public supplications. Oh, which so much mar our public supplications. So I don't know. I think that's relevant just in just saying mm. that, you know, if you're, if we come together to pray mm. and Spurgeon, when you look at his prayer meetings, he, they did sing, they would sing yeah. a, a hymn or they would have a verse and he would even exposit a scripture here and there, but it did not supplant 
I think that's the idea. Mm. Have a hour and a half prayer meeting with 45 minutes of other things. Yeah, or even or an hour, maybe even more extreme. Like, yeah, we're, here's a prayer meeting, but the pr- I mean, I've been to those. Like, we're yeah. we're here to pray, but then you you have worship and then a, um, a, a long discussion about something, and then you end with 10 minutes of prayer, and like mm. that was your prayer meeting. So I think a lot of us have experienced that, but I would love to see that change. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's a muscle. Or you work you work it like a muscle because yeah. we were just going over it in the residency. Like I think humans are Americans, maybe Americans more so than others. Americans are scared of silence. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And yeah. so if we don't, if we can make people feel more comfortable with less silence, maybe they'll stick around longer and they'll do other things. Yeah. Um. So it's I think it's a practice. Yeah. He even mentions it here. Um. I think in both of these quotes you did, he talks about the the beginnings um, or references the beginning. So I think it's something that changes over time. Sure. But as the theme has been with our church, and I hope so more and more as we continue on, is the is the word intentional. Yeah. So as long as you're being intentional and you have leadership that's intentional and you're not just going, uh, who wants to pray? But right. it, that's, I mean, that's the role. I mean, Ooh, let's talk about that. Mm. It's not in here. What is the, unless you don't want to, but what is the role of pastors mm. for, for having an intentional prayer meeting? I think that pastors need to shepherd through the prayer meeting. And I think that, I, you know, a, a successful prayer meeting. And one of the reasons why meetings have been largely unsuccessful is the lack of participation from pastors mm. leading through every part of that service. Just like there's a liturgy and an order on Sunday mornings, there should be a liturgy and an order during mm. the prayer meetings. So that's what we plan to do. Uh, mm. Just, just kind of nice. let it all out there. I think that we will have various pastors that are able to share and exposit on single verses that inspire prayer so that we're, Praying, praying the will of God and praying through scripture. I think there will be mm. scripture reading that will be segmented throughout it, but in order to be catalytic towards further prayer in the scriptures. Yeah, um, yeah I, think, I think there's a lot of pitfalls that just come down to practicality, like how the service is run. Um, I know one thing that we're going to try to avoid is just sort of a free-for-all. Like, hey, this prayer meeting, it's about you. Here's your time to speak. Yeah, what all, do you want to pray what about? What do you want to pray about? Why, why, would be, why would we be less intentional with such an important thing as prayer? Mm. Can you um, imagine? What do you guys want to preach about today? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're taking votes. <laughs> what do you want to hear? Oh, you don't want to hear about sin? Okay. <laughs> Joyfulness it is. Yay, yeah. So that's... That's good. So um, moving on, next thing, this idea of constantly learning in prayer because you come together and everybody's sort of in a different place. We understand that not everybody is in a place, the same place, uh, to speak or pray publicly, Mm -hmm. um, even in just what to say. So here's what Spurgeon says about that, and we'll hear what you think about it. If a child may not talk at all till it can speak fluent English, will it ever learn to speak well? There should be a process of education going on continually by which all members of the church shall be able to contribute of their experiences and gifts. And in such a course of development, the first hesitating, stumbling, ungrammatical prayer of a confused Christian may be worth more to the church than the best prayer of the most eloquent pastor. Mm -hmm. What do you think? First thoughts about that. First thoughts is the name of someone that I miss dearly. 
Hmm. Um, and I remember she would, she came and she was so timid in prayer in our city groups. Um, and we just tried to be so encouraging, like, just go for it. Yeah. Just go for it. And she had the most raw prayer and it was straight from the heart. Yep. There was no, there was no formal theological like movement where like it moved from here then to here just as someone who was it was it was only from the heart yeah um that's beautiful and yeah the i whenever i hear someone say oh, i just oh, i'm i i don't really want to i'm i'm not very good at it it breaks my heart cuz i'm like oh but do it anyway. The Lord wants to hear you. Just think of the blessing of, of, of the, a father hearing his child speak, mm-hmm. even when they're stammering and they can't figure it out. The, that's good, man. Yeah. What about you? It's similar. I think the same thing. Yeah. I, what I would love to see this really inspire is, um, well, I love hearing new believers pray. Mm-hmm. New believers, young Christians. I, I mean, I like it when, it when anybody prays and to agree with anybody in prayer that's praying genuine prayers, but just thinking about what Spurgeon's saying, there is a great blessing, even in someone who's sort of stumbling through it, but they're genuine. I've, I've seen it, I think also in city group, city group, but, um, I think the whole church feels that like the genuineness of a childlike prayer of faith, Mm -hmm. just to to the father. You can tell they're not thinking of anybody else in the Mm -hmm. room. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's to God. Mm Mm-hmm. And That's I, why I love hearing people pray in different languages. Because you know it's to God? Yeah. I'm like, I, no I can't idea. understand a single thing you're saying, yeah. but, but praise God. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah, so I hope that inspires, that sort of thing inspires more participation when there's time, when that time in the prayer service comes, when there is time for participation. Uh, I think you can also help people with that, too, is even... It doesn't have to be spontaneous. The best prayers mm-hmm. are not spontaneous necessarily. But even letting that person know, you know, we'd like for you to just pray about this tonight. And I know mm-hmm. you're scared, but you will bless the church if, and, and, the, and the Lord will be pleased mm-hmm. for you to yeah. pray about this. And there's a lot of discipleship and, stuff and, and things that can happen in that. And this sort of leads into the next thing. You, you, already, you sort of already brought it up in your example of the woman at your city group. But he calls them business prayers. And at first, when you read the subtitle of it in the book, you're like, business prayers? The roof? What did you say? The roof? The roof? Like pray for the roof? No. <laughs> well, maybe. That's what I thought of. When maybe. I hear business prayers, I'm thinking okay. like, like, help the roof? It could be that. Yeah. So, let's, so here's, here's the quote. I believe in business prayers, Spurgeon says. I mean prayers in which you take to God one of the many precious promises which he has given us in his word and expect it to be fulfilled as certainly as we look for the money to be given to us when we go to the bank to cash a check or a note. I've never cashed a note. I, would I think love he's to talking about currency. What's that? Isn't he talking about currency? Yes, I know, but I'm okay. just going to say, I'm saying like, that's, that's UK talk. Like we don't cash notes, but it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. We should not, so here's thinking on this analogy, here's what he says. Like if you're at the bank, we should not think of going there, lolling over the counter, chatting with the clerks upon every conceivable subject, except the one thing for which we had gone to the bank mm. and then coming away without the coin we needed. Mm. But we should lay before the clerk, the promise 
to pay the bearer a certain sum, tell him in what form we wished to take the amount, count the cash after him, and then go our way to attend to other business. That is just an illustration of the method in which we should draw supplies from the bank of heaven. We should seek out the promise which applies to that particular case, plead it before the Lord in faith, expect to have the blessing to which it relates, and then, having received it, let us proceed to the next duty devolving upon us. Mm. Well, that's pretty good. That's pretty like good. It. How does that encourage you? Or ah, it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah? yeah. Why? Because all I can think of is, Lord, we know that you want to do this thing. Like, well, so do we? Right, and that's it's right. so it's always tricky. So the best way to counteract this is my mind thing. I'm not saying this is what God wants, but the best way to counteract that is to be shy about it. Uh huh. So don't promise and be like, Lord, I know you can, but you don't have to. Um, if you know if you want to, but again, like we know you don't you don't have to. Yeah. But yeah, I I I do I do think that we should spend when you mentioned. Uh, just our Pentecostal brothers and sisters out there. Uh, I think they're the ones who would tend to, because we all have extremes we fall into. Yeah. That would be the more extreme of, of claiming things that might not actually be right to claim. Uh, but they do have a boldness in prayer there is a boldness that they just there. don't care about. Like yep. they want to talk to their dad about what they need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we should, we could, we could learn a lot from that to not, to pray rightly. Yeah. So it's not an excuse to be like, you know what, guys, let's just start praying it without, un, you know, caring about what we're saying and just, you know, just start asking and demanding. But we should, yeah, we should, we should start asking more. I, I love it. And I, I think even the specificity of it, like, and this also requires us to know the promises of God. Yeah. So praying according to scripture, I think is, becomes even um, more important because mm. if we know a promise, yeah. Then we can ask for that promise. Like, God wants your marriage to succeed. Yeah. He wants that to succeed. You That's don't right. have to question whether or not you're supposed to stay married. Yeah. God wants that to happen. You don't, you don't know if God wants you to keep the house. Right. You, mi- you might true. not have the house. Right. But, he know, but you know he wants you to be content in every situation. Yes. So you can pray for the promise of of the sort of godliness that comes with contentment. Yep. Because the scripture says godliness with contentment is a great gain. So as you're thinking about your house, you can pray according to scripture. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, every, every application, every circumstance, there's a scripture, there's a promise um, that, we, uh, that, we sh- that we can believe and trust. Yeah. The other thing I think that I take kind of from this is um, it goes along with the brevity of prayer. Mm-hmm. Not, you don't have to be long-winded. It'd be like going to the counter of the bank teller and going <laughs> on and on and on and on and oh, on picture that. about a variety of things when you actually know what you went there for. Yep. And you know that you have a particular need or a petition or um, an intercession, something yep. that you're asking for. You also mm. know God wants to save souls. Mm. So you're praying for a, a sinner or a lost, uh, you know, a brother or sister. No, well, yeah, maybe a actual blood brother or sister. But you're praying for somebody who you want to come to Christ. Mm. So you can mm. pray with boldness, mm. um, trusting in God's power and his promise. Mm. So I think all that kind of just combines together. Um, let me read one more statement on brevity because it was just really good. 
let the brethren <laughs> let the brethren labor after brevity. If each person will offer the petition most laid upon his heart by the Holy Spirit, and then make room for another, the evening will be far more profitable, and the prayers incomparably more fervent than if each brother ran around the whole circle of petition without dwelling upon any one point. So that's kind of all in the same vein of thought. Like if each person would think not only just brevity, brevity, but what is most laid upon your heart? Like you said earlier, you don't have to cover everything on the list. In fact, if you do, you're kind of being a hog yep. because yep. Other, other people want to pray too. <laughs> yep. It's like standing at the buffet line and just scooping, <laughs> just scooping, looking at everyone's hungry eyes. And you're like, no, I'm just trying to do what the Lord has called me to do. Yeah. It's good, man. A lot of good practical points. Um, there's so many more, honestly, I think, in this book that we could even pull out. And it might be worth doing another episode on it. Mm. What do you think? You up for it? Doing another episode of prayer? On this. Maybe going a little more mm. in some more practical things. I'll allow um, it. Yeah, you'll allow Good. I'll allow it. <laughs> the CEO has spoken. It's good. There's just, it's just another Spurgeon book I got to get my hands on. Ah, yeah. Oh, dude, ah, so hard. Ah, oh, well. Ah, well, you should have gone yep, yep. to the SBC. Because you would have got it for free. Should have. I wasn't. In oh, you did. <laughs> well, anybody can go. That's that's Just true. Pay your own way. Get your own ticket. <laughs> yeah, who's show gonna up. do that? <laughs> it was at the nine marks at nine meeting with mm. with Dever. So, mm. well, we hope everyone enjoyed this. But New City people, this is dedicated to you. So mm. chew on these things. Think about them. Ask questions. Yeah, send us emails. We'd love to hear. Get emails from you. Yeah. Our people. Yeah. So, full wow. disclosure, yeah. I haven't really gotten any emails. No dude, no email. Like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, we have. Thousands, yeah. hundreds. Dude, so the emails we've are gotten flying. They're flying. We want you to participate in that. If you haven't seen an answer, send multiple emails. So that way we know uh, to to answer you. That's so right. Send us emails. Podcast at SpurgeonManiacs.com. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. want to hear from you. Good show, man. Thanks for talking with me about Spurgeon stuff. I yeah. love it. I like talking yeah. with Spurgeon stuff with you. Let's do it. Let's keep going. You want to do this again? Another one. Yep. See you. Sometime next week? Yep. Next time. Okay. All right, brother. Bye. Bye.